Uh, isn't that fantastic oh oh so good (laughs) hi Dennis my man my man another week daylight a dollar short bro yeah what were we up to yesterday if you can tell yeah yeah it was uh reportedly in the 50s and um I had no otherwise no engagement so I went fishing in the Pierre Marquette nice uh, and uh, had a, a wonderful day. In fact, uh, I guess story number one hey. is uh, I've been going winter fishing, you know, for quite some time. You've heard me say it's why they call it fishing, not catching, because I, I wouldn't bring, I wouldn't catch uh-huh. any fish. You tell the joke. Well, last week I went up to Pierre Marquette and went to my favorite honey hole, and over the course of about an hour and a half, I had nine fucking fish on. They were two feet long, they were big, they were jumping, and every one of them broke off. Every one of them broke off, or got away, one of the two. But I was using light line, because that's all I had. Right. So I was determined to go back to that spot. With stronger line. this time with heavier line. Yep. And it, different stuff, and not, you know, and this, so I got there, and went right there to my honey hole. Skip, skip my hot first hole. No fish in the first three holes at all. The first hot hole where you can't see the bottom, which is why it's hot. Mm -hmm. Didn't stop there. Went all the way and didn't stop at the second one. Uh, Even though there was a fish there, one fish. Went to my honey hole. Second cast, got a fish on. Yep. Fifth cast, got lost it. Fifth cast, got a fish on. Eighth cast, got a fish on, lost it. In 45 minutes, I had three beautiful fish on. They're swimming up and down in the pocket, in the hole, going to the lumber. I got them flipping, flopping. One jumps on a log, gets away. Another one gets in the rough water, flipping gets and away. Other, and, and so then nothing. <laughs> I walk up. Another fisherman comes in, takes my spot. I didn't know that till later. I walk up, fish the next big hole, nothing. Next big hole, nothing. Next hole, nothing. And I go to walk up to what is my last hole before the river doesn't have too many. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself underwater. Oops. I had tripped over nothing. Splash. It was loose gravel and fell in the water. And when I tried to get up, my legs flipped under me and I went under again. I was spitting out water. It was, I was, my head was under. Lordy, lordy. Not my whole head, but my mouth got up soaked. It was only two feet deep. <laughs> But I was soaked from head to all the water go down into my phone, into my boots, my underwear, my my socks, my pants, everything. But it's 52 You're degrees. I'm like, I'm going to keep fishing. I'm going to keep fishing. I fished and fished. Went back to the hole. Those guys were still there. They had hooked one but not landed one. Same old story. Yep. And I was thinking I'd wait for them. I waited a few minutes. It looked like they were going to stay a while because they had hooked the fish there. So I went up to my last spot. I saw a fish. I spooked him. And I went to my last honey hole, which is low-hanging trees and trees behind you and trees to the right and a piece of driftwood in the bottom of the hole. And I got it right and drifted. I got it right and drifted. Got it right and drifted. Bam! Hooked a fish, nice. played that fish for 15 minutes. Yeah. Up the hole, down the hole, toward the brush, toward the shallow water, run away, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, like dance. had him so tired out, I slipped the net under him. He was a monster, 27-inch. 27-inch, like 10-pound steelhead. Mm. And uh, you'll, uh, you'll see a picture when... Uh, when we're done, I'll, I'll send it to you, but holy cow. So I was proud. Nice. Very proud. And there's nothing like the feeling. I mean, I was happy. I figured I'd be happy the rest of my life, but I'm ready to go back on Monday. But that's why I didn't go. I didn't get home till 7.30. I went straight to the pub. I had two of my favorite musicians there. There's a guy there that owed me 370 Did you dry off first? Bucks. 
Huh? No, well, I had a complete. It's funny that you ask. I, of course, have a complete change of clothes in the back of the truck, but because I was so wet, I had to, I had to get down to my birthday suit. Yeah. So standing on a very seldom used uh, paved road, you know, uh, there I was, and I was so comfortable in the fifty-three degrees and the breeze compared to how I felt in the clothes. Right. I was ready to get out of chair, break out of beer, you know, nice. but I didn't. And uh, went from there to uh, one of my three favorite uh, bars in town. Had a beautiful, beautiful red ale from uh, Leelanau, Michigan, called Red Jacket. Nice. Here's to them. Red Jacket. And then went up the street and uh, for 20 bucks had all I could eat uh, uh, shrimp. Uh Cooked in uh, butter and seasoning, man. Big, giant shrimp, fresh, almost just perfectly cooked. Oh, Lord. Then I went home, went to the bar. Guy didn't have my money. Had a couple of beers, listened to a couple of tunes. Came home and watched The Sopranos. It's good. That's a good it's day. It's good to be me. Who, 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 what? Who, who could have it better than that? That's a, that's a good day. No, Nobody. You reminded me a little bit of, of golf with walking from one hole to another and, and you know, getting wet. <laughs> yeah, well, and hoping for better luck every time. You walk nine holes out and then finally a birdie. And then, and and then, then, a birdie. And then, and then you scored a, um, a, birdie. a birdie. yeah. Or, in this case, a fishy. A fishy. Instead of a birdie, it'd be called a fishy. We could actually create a board game like this. Huh? Ah. Huh? Okay. Is your where's my trout? Is it a, is it a, <laughs> you rolling dice to uh, see if you catch one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, no, rolling dice uh, that uh, tells you what happens on the board. Okay. The board is a river. It has holes marked. You you, you land on a space to go to the closest hole. Right. Roll again and it, pick a card. And if another player is there, says, then it's annoying and you can't hook fish, a fish there. Other player, uh, yeah, right. If, yeah, right. All right. Draw a card, fish on. Roll again. Roll again. Another card. Fish off. <laughs> that would be fun to write that game. Yeah. The, uh, hang hang on a second. We need a title. Let's see. Uh, While well, he's. Doing other things. Hello? Is it Noah? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was Grandpa yelling for me. I'm on, I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> He's in a podcast. An official podcaster. Sorry about that. I'm doing my podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Whatever this is fucking called. So we uh, we need a name for the game. I like where's my trout, but like. Get out the trout, or uh, get trout of my way. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to workshop that. Fish on, fish off. That's not too bad. Fish off. Well, fish off sort of makes it sound your, like it's a. Is that your cat? Can you hear it? I. He's better out there meowing than than. I thought it was a baby in the house here. Yeah. Well, it, it was last week. No, this is just a round, 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 round. So, anyway, uh, I can't shut him up. But, uh, cool. So I did a fun thing this weekend. Uh, oh. On Sunday, we decided, hey, let's go for a hike. And we looked for uh, some place. We have a sort of a, a list of hikes that we've been collecting, and we chose one. And it looked it looked fairly reasonable. It was like uh, uh, it was like well, first of all, we were looking at these several uh, at these several hikes that we had, and they were all like loops. Right, so the time it said was the whole time it was going to take you, and so 
just like when you're shopping for for something, you get sort of anchored in this price range, and then yeah, uh, right. And so we were looking around like three or four hours uh, to be out to be out hiking. Uh, seemed seemed reasonable. And then I saw this other one that said uh, it's it's only three hours, and we can leave from our house and walk up the mountain, uh, and it's oh. super nice. Uh, but this is in your town. It, well, it's from from my house, uh, walking up the up yeah, the okay. nearby mountain. Uh, and what I didn't realize was that it was three hours uh, one way, so in, it was a going to be a total of six hour hike. But I didn't realize that until we like had started. Uh, Oh, and boy. also, it was uh, straight up the fucking mountain. So we, <clears throat> it was, uh, it, it, to get to uh, the final destination, it was a 10 kilometer hike, which is like six and a half miles, uh, but like uphill. And also, there were bits where we were going through this forest, and the and the path uh, had huge puddles in it, and so you had to sort of walk up against like these prickly bushes on the side of the of the puddle, trying not to fall in or get pricked. Uh, and there were several of these, and there were the the very worst one. We were we were very much considering just turning around and going back because we were that far away from from home and if you fall in and get wet uh it really sucks uh and we we were there trying to figure out how to get by and here comes this here comes this man on a on a horse coming back the other direction and he took one look at us and was like what are you guys doing out here with those shoes on and that you know you're in the wrong what are you doing out here and we're like, oh, well, we didn't realize it was going to be quite like this. And, and so he, like, got off his horse uh, and sort of helped us across. And he, he, he told us, look, this is the worst one. Uh, there's no, no more worse up there. And sure enough, there were some really bad puddles we had to get around, but we managed to not actually fall into anyone. And, like, at some point we, like, got some branches and, like, had sort of made little walking sticks that we could, like, lean on against the puddle. Um, but... Uh, anyway, we made it all the way to up to this big sort of like rock uh, structure that someone like several hundred years ago had put up this huge erected this rock. I don't know if it's a hundred years or a thousand years, but uh, sort of this monolith thing uh, that is the divider between the, the 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 local counties, the local districts. Like this is the rock that that divides three different uh, zones. Um, and that was kind of cool. And then we walked back, but we took a different way, so we didn't have to go through the puddles again. But overall, it was a 20-kilometer, 12-and-a-half-mile uh, walk, which was took us six hours. Did you take your lunch with you? Yes, then? we took a sandwich, and we, we ate it at the, at the From, top. Where did you get the sandwich? I made it. You made yeah. it? Went out and bought. You made the sandwiches for the whole family. Yeah, I bought some lunch meat the day before, and then I bought fresh bread that morning. Oh boy! Well, so this is uh, this is interesting. This another one of your walks and your perspective uh, is similar, but differs in some way to perhaps someone else who was on the walk. Let me read you. Let me read you something called the walk. Okay. On Sunday, the eighteenth of February, I had to walk ten kilometers up a mountain <laughs> through mud puddles and dirt. It continued like this for almost the whole way. Then the path got better, and it was straight to the end. When we got to the end, there was a rock—a normal, ordinary rock. <laughs> I was mad that we walked ten kilometers just to see a normal rock, although the views from up on the mountain were really cool. After we ate our amazing all-cap sandwich, we started going down. We chose a different route to go back. It was drier. Going down, we saw a line of caterpillars. They were all following the one in front of them. I was weirded out by it, <laughs> but also interested. Another interesting thing that we saw was a guy and his horse just going up the path, riding his horse. I love horses. I think they're smarter than people think they are. 
when we were getting close to Colindra, Nora and I asked Daddy if we could stop at a bar and have a milkshake. After the milkshake, it was finally time to go home. The first thing I did when I was home was lay down and play a bit. Overall, it was a very stupid trip to go 20 millimeters to see a rock. Kilometers. That's hilarious. That's obviously an essay written by my son. And I was, I was kind of, I was kind of um, wondering as you told. When, I didn't know when you told the story, but I knew you would. How closely you tracked his observation. Oh I mean, no, I was aware. Bar, they, the pat- and I'm, I was super proud of my kids that going there, they didn't really complain the whole way, because sometimes we try and do something like this, and they're like. Uh, I can't. Uh, ow, my foot hurts. Uh, and they, they weren't like actively having fun. Sometimes they get into a like they kind of liked avoiding the puddles. That's that's like a, a fun bit. Uh, but sometimes they get sort of excited about stuff. They weren't they weren't quite like that, but they weren't really complaining either. But but yeah, we got to see this. Uh, this rock, it, I didn't really know what it was going to be until we until we got there. And yeah, it was a rock, but uh, but you had you had a lot to say about the rock. It was it, it was it, installed it's, it's by by humans a long he time said, ago. Yeah, he said it was just a normal rock, stupid rock. Yeah. So there was that part that he missed, or it didn't or it didn't quite didn't appreciate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And it, it actually, it was a kind of a weird rock because it's sort of shaped, uh, it was very tall and, and, and like a sliver, but like it was 10 feet tall. Um, and what did it commemorate? Oh, the line? It, like a it, meridian line? No, it was, it was a middle point between uh, three different uh, regions, uh, municipalities. What does that mean, middle point? Like... The, bo- the borders in the middle of three, like the the borders all connected there from three. Oh, oh, oh. Think of a Y. So not necessarily the center, but the touch point. Yeah. So there's a word for that. The uh, the point at which they all touched, but there's a better word. Vertex the, uh, is what you would call it in geometry, but well, there's probably a vortex. There's probably a uh, something that land surveyors would use but yeah i know it but so that was the common the a common the place where they all share a common border sure like there's that place in don't get excited about it i thought it was big there's that place in the western u.s where there's like four states that come together right all in one spot. Well, there's a place up in the mountains in Georgia where three states touch near Athens. It's one of my favorite parts of the world near Athens, in fact, where uh, who was the band that got started in Athens that got to be so big? Leonard oh, Lord. I remember it another time. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Athens, uh, later this year, I'm going to Greece. Ah. Athens, Greece, the original Athens. For a conference yeah, or for fun? Yeah, conference. So that... To do what? I mean, what are you talking? You're boring... Uh, boring computer stuff, shit. yeah. Your program shit. The problem is I haven't actually written the uh, the talk yet, and it's in June, so I need to get my shit together. But Well, it's not like you're behind. Well, but you, I always feel time. better. Whenever I have to put one of these talks together... I start with uh, how could I possibly talk about this topic for 30 minutes and then I start putting the talk together and I reach a inflection point where I'm like how can I only talk about this for 30 minutes yeah uh, and it happens you, every you time but when I'm here. on the when I'm on the you know when I'm climbing up the hill it feels like an impossible thing and then I realize oh yeah. wait there. so I, I follow I follow the adage that less is more Right, and for sure, uh, if you have a thirty-minute talk and you give a twenty-seven-minute talk, uh, 
like the actual conference organizers are sort of grateful because you can get shit back on schedule because things start running late and um they like that i, I think so if, if like you give a, able to quit a little if you give a 15 minute talk if we're if it's supposed to be 30 minutes yeah. that might not be so cool get ripped off but, right uh so. Well, thirty. You know, the, my time with conferences, I became disgusted with these panel conferences, where they'd have three people on a topic for ninety minutes, four people on a topic for, and if it was only, uh, it could have been forty-five minutes even workshop or an hour workshop, but you get all these people on a panel and introducing them and them them laying some environmental and, context, yeah. and and they don't. They don't. They have two minutes to actually get anything across. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, if if any if if you've got a panel of four, you must have picked a panel of four because each of those knows their shit. Well, pick one. Right. Exactly. Pick one and let them do what they're going to do and have an extended. Let Q each one talk for fifteen learn. minutes or whatever. One of the things I did in 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 when I was preparing workshop was figure out what I want to present and get an outline of it, and then short shrift a bunch of the topics so that they would lead to questions. Right. Because the research shows that you learn more from the response to your question. Big, you know, yeah. but, but it's true. And so you're better off cutting the shit in half and doing a Q&A. But when you're, only, when you're on a panel, everybody's got 15 minutes who I am is five. What I've done is three. Right. Here's a couple of concepts, and then you go. And then when it comes to questions, the only person who gets the questions is the last person who talks. Right, exactly, because that's fresh in everyone's Unless mind. Unless you manage it as a facilitator, I would manage that and say, everybody has a card in their hand with John's name on it. Please write your questions now while I introduce the next speaker. Right. Nice. And, and you gotta and you gotta kind of run that shit that way. But otherwise, it's just a waste of time. I used to do three hours and four hours. I've done full days, you know, and I, you know, while less is more, you, meaning that you, you've got to present stuff as simply as possible. Einstein's, the great quote from Einstein that I like so much that I use all the time, when people are trying to say to you, oh man, you know, as I had this guy on the phone the other day, and I'm explaining some scientific research and blah blah blah, and he says, "You know, let's cut to the chase here. I mean, you know, what's 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 the uh, oh shit? What's the bottom line?" And <laughs> and I said, "Well, I can get that." I I said to him, "It was just three of us on the call." I said, "I didn't know I was under a time constraint to answer the question, but but blah 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 blah. If that's all you want to know," and I said that. And later in the meeting, I said, remember, man, what Einstein said about simplicity. What's that? And I said, keep things as simple as possible, but no simpler. Right. You know? And, and I say that to say, some shit's a little complicated. You know, I, I can simplify it down to its bare bones, but it doesn't mean that at that point you say, oh, wow, that's really simple. Right, Exactly. No, what it is is simpler than it could be, you know, and this drive and this it's kind of generational, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe not generational. I don't know what the fuck, but nobody, nobody wants to read more than a page. Right. Elected, of, no, but it's a page and it's got to be a lot of spaces and it's got to be bullets and you got to have some color in it, you know. If I could, you know, dangle a keychain with some shiny keys <laughs> to keep their attention. Yeah. It's bullshit. Take the fucking time and read the shit. You know, you, you're in a, you're getting paid. As people are getting paid, and they say, "Well, I don't have time to read." Well, what do you got? What are you doing instead? What 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 are you doing instead? Have another meeting. Check an email. Another meeting. Of, a meeting. Of, we're going to have a pre-meeting about a meeting that we need, and who's going to be in the meeting, and what's the agenda going to be for the meeting, and okay, we did that. Well, let's meet again and look at what we're going to cover during the meeting, and we did that. Now let's have Boy, another so meeting exhausting. and look at the slide presentations, and and then you know let's have the meeting, and then after the meeting let's have a post meeting. Well, we better have more time because we didn't get to everything. You're in fucking ten meetings for fucking forty-five minute PowerPoint. Do people? Are you fucking kidding me? Does that make me? people feel productive? Is it the illusion yes. of productivity? Yes. Yes. My calendar's jammed. 
jammed, yeah, like jam, like fucking raspberry jam. Uh, since you mentioned Einstein, I watched this. Uh, it's okay. It's not great, but there's this uh, sort of docu, uh, like historical fiction documentary on uh, on Netflix called. Um, <clears throat> called something like Einstein and the bomb or something and it's uh, and they got they have this guy playing Einstein and they go through what ha- happened when uh, when he escaped from from Germany and he went to England for a while and anyway uh, they had a really cool conceit to the to the show was and they put this up in text at the very beginning that every word that they put in Einstein's mouth in that actor uh, was word for word something that the real Einstein either said or wrote. Ah. So they would so it, they would come up with these dialogues where someone would would say would ask him something and like they had to sort of massage the it made sort of for an awkward dialogue to have the words be exactly uh, what Einstein had said. But that thought that was pretty cool that like they they weren't misrepresenting him really. Um, and I don't know. I didn't learn. I didn't learn too much. I, I I knew a lot of it, and a lot of his quotes. He's so endlessly quoted that I recognized a lot of them. But um, and he was a funny, funny guy, wasn't he? He was. He was pretty great funny. sense of humor. He uh, liked to pull pranks. He especially uh, was annoyed with his with his fame, and like the. Uh, the, the reporters would follow him around and ask him questions and stuff, and he would, uh, uh, he would just give goofy answers to back to them, because or stick his tongue out, because they were just, you know, he was like, uh, you know, can you explain, you know, relativity to us? And he was something like, well, you know how when you're I don't know. He's like when you're at the dentist office versus you know on a walk with a pretty girl or something, how time flies in one and whatever. I forget exactly what it was, but he was just making. I mean, that's not at all what what special relativity is about. But uh, it was it was a fun documentary, and my my 15 year old daughter uh, watched a little bit. She was sort of doing other things, but uh, it, she said, "Huh." I didn't know that Einstein and, and Hitler lived at the same time. And I was like, well, it's kind of an important part of the story. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. And did you see, uh, you saw Oppenheimer, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. It's getting awards like crazy. It's the first half of, if they'd stopped it after the first half, it would have been a better movie. Uh, uh, really? Because it, it gets. Because it, it gets was two, weird. It was three and a half hours. Or? Yeah, it's it's super long, and then and the latter half is, uh, it's just like congressional testimony. Garbage, mm-hmm. which there are. Why did some? Why did why did one? Why did one reviewer say that some of it was trippy or? Uh, yeah. So they did this. Uh, I don't know if it's called magical realism or something, but. They did some stuff where, you know, when a when a character gets gets overwhelmed, and you know they do weird shit with the with the camera, and he's imagining things, right. and uh, it it got a little trippy sometimes for no good reason. It, and who was it was? Uh, who was the director? Why are you opening snacks on a podcast? I can hear that. <laughs> who was the director? Uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's done lots of crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta go see it. My, I know my wife, my father-in-law would love to see it. He is a, he's a World War nut man. He loves it. Although he's, he's now uh, officially a, a addicted to Sopranos, where you know there's, there's sixty-three episodes. And we're on number nine. Wow. And so every night he wants to watch it. 
every night I kind of do too because it's not I don't have a lot of competition now that uh, now that night uh, night country's done now we've had a we've talked since the uh, since the last episode we have not right? this is the this is our we have not our review that's on tonight's agenda yes oh wow but anyway so because I don't have a lot to watch right. anything really. Although Kirby Enthusiasm, I got to catch up with that. I might do that tonight. Yeah, they're doing the final season. Although we're doing a double birthday party tonight, I got a, I got a hard stop at double birthday a little after four, but because I got uh, Kaylee, my daughter, thirty-five, and my missus, seventy-two. Nice. Seventy-two. So, um, and if you wonder what I was opening, I forgot. I don't have a lot of time to to do this thing I got to do. You're wrapping presents. This is no. Okay. Just this card I got to fill out. It's cute. Do you read it backwards? You don't, do you? No, I see it's it. For, it's not. I see it the right way. Right. It's just me. Yeah. Ha ha ha. I got, I was I wanted to do an AI poem. You know, I've got the AI thing in my. Uh, I don't know. I may have this chat PT or whatever the fuck it's called yeah. in my phone. Uh huh. I tried to register and something went wrong and annoyed me, so I quit it. But I wanted to do an AI of uh, write a poem, a rhyming poem, where the subject is my wife Nikki as the queen turning 72. <laughs> Come on, we can workshop this. Just, we can do this live on the air. Do it. Can we do it? Can we do it right now? Sure. Can we do it right now? I, I, is that quick? I got ChatGPT up. Workshop it. Hey, we need a new whiteboard. Let's, let's get... Get the eraser out and the spray. Write a rhyming poem about my wife, Nikki, uh, as a queen who is turning 72 years old. All right. In a realm where grace and wisdom beam. That quick? Yeah, it, it, it's already done, yeah. In a realm where grace oh and wisdom beam, lives Nikki, our revered and cherished queen. Seventy-one years her reign adorned, now seventy-two, like dawn is warmly born. Her scepter, kindness, her crown, pure love, her heart a treasure trove from above. Each year that passes her legacy grows like a garden where every virtue shows. In her eyes the count the light of countless springs in her smile the peace that true joy brings her laughter a melody that endears a symphony sweet to all who hears her wisdom a tapestry rich and vast woven from threads of experiences past guiding us gently with her seasoned hand in her grace and poise we proudly stand we celebrate this day of days. Her aura shines in the most radiant ways. 72 candles light up the scene for Nikki forever, our queen supreme. So here's to the queen in her splendid reign. May her years again be free of pain. May her years ahead be free of pain. With love and honor, we bow and say, happy birthday, Nikki, queen of our day. How's that? Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> And you can you can cut and paste it and send it to yeah. Me? That's the first attempt that yeah, it made. Even, given only what I what I wrote. That's instantaneous. Y yes. I would I would I just I don't know why I assume it would like take a minute. <laughs> nope. Like it would work. Second. Or... No. Well, it it starts it starts before it knows where it's going. It, like it just starts giving you text. Like it it it, it took it took maybe. 15 seconds for the whole thing to be printed but it's start you can start reading from the beginning already it's crazy <laughs> wow man i'll tell you that sure beats what i was thinking of writing <laughs> no matter where you are no matter where you've been you need to understand that nikki is the queen <laughs> I, I love it i love it because i can't predict when she'll uh, utter her next edict. I'm, 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 I'm glad to be her close friend, because otherwise she would edict me dead. <laughs> and I thought, no, that's stupid. You. Oh God, I love it. Well, that's I'll 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 print that and put it inside her card. I'll read it. I'll read it at the party. So I'm doing uh I'm doing Mexican. 
hamburger, chicken, for tacos, enchiladas, refried beans, pico de gallo, uh, guacamole, uh, cooked mushrooms, nice. Spanish rice, enchilada shells, taco shells, sour cream. Uh, man, already, almost ready. I'll get it ready. Oh, Lord. So, uh, that uh, story from your son, your dad sent it to me, yes, obviously. Yes, obviously. Uh, he was, uh, <clears throat> he thought I could do something funny with it. I had a lot of ideas of what I was going to do, but it, it just seemed, as you told the story, the best thing to do was just to read it. It was perfect. Uh, perfect, perfect. And that's funny, funny. I love how expressive he he is because he's practicing this with 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 my parents uh he gets these assignments to write a write a little story or a essay or something and uh, uh oh all right that's our chapter change signal so anything from the sports or politics corner before we go into uh, entertainment. Uh, politics desk, thank you. And things are moving forward in a more rapid fashion on the legal front for our friend Donald J. Trump, who not only received a very large judgment against his company, but now, given a lull in certain proceedings, the other prosecutor who has uh, indicted him on campaign charges which were put to uh, hiatus for a while because it appeared that more important crimes were taking uh, front and center stage, precisely the documents case in Mar-a-Lago, which is in a pause, and also the uh, January 6th fucking uh, takeover of the U.S. Why government. Why are they paused? On, on a bit of a pause. Uh, appeals, uh. Court, court reviews. Supreme Court reviews Trump's Trump's game. He doesn't care. He doesn't care at all about the validity of his of his uh, of his request for court review. He just knows that when you make it, it will delay. His goal, of course, as you know, is to wait until he's president, appoint another attorney general, vacates all the cases. And so, you know, delay is his friend. But this one is moving forward, and it's Alvin Bragg, uh, Southern District of New York DA, who people would rather call it the Stormy Daniels hush money case, uh, which is one more salacious way to describe it. But that's not the charge. The charge is that he used campaign money to pay for it and then covered it up. And while some of the other court cases, his... Uh, one of his uh, his fixer, uh, Michael Cohen, who went to prison right. uh, for answering a question untruthfully uh, for the grand jury, and it's a very minute kind of question that he did time for. Imagine this was the lie. Someone asked him how many times did he talk about having a Trump hotel in Russia, and he lied and said it was three, even though he knew it was ten. Because of that lie, he went to jail for six months. Damn. Compare that to what we're looking at. So he's been quite an important witness on these other cases because he was in the middle of everything. This case, though, he is the star witness because he was the guy who did the work. He was the guy who took the orders. He was the guy who mortgaged his house so he could pay her with his money and Trump would pay him back quarterly, which Trump said in an email communication. So this one is coming forward and... He's already been found responsible for sexual assault. Uh, e. Jean Carroll had to pay uh, 340-some million. Right. Got another uh, case where the judges already uh, decided long ago that he was fraudulently claiming uh, uh, inflated values for his property for the purposes of getting better loans. And he'd already been uh, found uh, in fault of that and uh, a fraud 
and they had a long trial about what they were going to do about it. Well, they're kicking them out of New York, doing businesses in New any business in New York for three years, fining him and punitive damages of three hundred and some million dollars. So between the two, he's in the bucket for about six hundred million. Right. And uh, in that in that uh, in that case. Um, they uh, found both of his sons uh, responsible and gave them a million-dollar fine, and they can't do business in New York for two years. And they're assigning a mentor or a, an overseer of all the Trump businesses in New York. Here's the cool thing, the cool thing. For all of these, when he wants to appeal, which is his right, right. he has to post the money or a bond for the money. And because his credit is so bad, he may have a hard time doing that. His credit's worse now than it ever was. And so his uh, estimates of his cash at hand, because he boasts, some say that it's between 300 to $6 million. Michael Cohen says that's bullshit. He's got half that. You cannot believe what these pundits say about how much money they think he has because they're basing that guess on stuff that he said, which I know is not true. Right, of course. He's cash poor. I was going to say, so that for liquid he, cash, it's got to be almost nothing. I mean, you would think. Because he's got buildings you know, and, and land and shit. Golf courses and buildings, and so he's got to sell stuff. But if he sells stuff, it's going to be like a fire sale. Right. But he's got to, or he can't appeal. Because of that, he did an appeal. One of the one of the rulings was a, a Michigan ruling, which ordinarily he would have appealed at the Supreme Court, but he didn't because he's got so much legal trouble now. So uh, uh, coming up this week, uh, Republican primary, South Carolina, Nikki Haley, former ambassador, two-term governor of South Carolina, last I looked, was trailing Donald Trump by 20. Yep. That's an improvement after trailing him by 36. It appears she's going to lose her own state, yep. which generally would kill a campaign. Her funders said, no, you're going all the way to the convention. Wow. And you're not dropping out, and it doesn't matter how many delegates you get. You get enough delegates, you can keep Donald Trump from getting it. It's possible. Not very likely, yeah. but it's possible. And if he gets convicted before the convention, some of the independents in the polls could become even worse for him and better for Haley. Remember, of course, that in all head-to-head -head between Haley and Biden, Haley creams him usually by double digits. Trump, on the other hand, is neck and neck, and that, depending on the polls, sometimes it's just it's, it's different. And so Haley's position of a general election hero is great. That doesn't get her anything in the primary. They don't. The people care less. Yeah. You got the Trump base, and then you got the others, and the amount of independents that have moved to Trump continues to be high because they make money when he's president. He's already promised promised another huge tax cut for the wealthy and the corporate. People like Elon Musk want him in. Hey. Well, he's he's gonna win, so that's yeah. He ain't gonna win. Yeah, I don't even think he's gonna be on the ticket. Yeah. I don't think Biden's gonna be on the ticket either. I've told you that. You are so Biden's gonna have a, Biden's gonna have a motherfucking physical fucking breakdown of some kind. Well, yeah. Did you did you see the tape of him having a little uh, press conference to rebut that his memory was bad? Yeah. And he forgot the name of the president of uh, Egypt and confused it with the president of Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. You sent me to John Stewart. Yeah, thing, right? I did. That was so good. That was fabulous. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So funny. Uh, his, so funny. His second week, because uh, he does it on Mondays, and he did one this Monday, too. But it was all, um, first of all, he addressed a lot of the f feedback he got. A lot of people were angry at, at him for going after Biden at all. Uh, and, you know, the Democrats uh, were upset at drawing any uh, equality of, of uh, 
being elderly to from like, the candidates. But uh, this the his one this week was um, just mocking Tucker Carlson because Tucker went to uh, went to Russia and like interviewed. Oh, I didn't see that. Interviewed Putin, and I'll send it to you. It's not as good as the first one, but uh, uh, Tucker <laughs> Tucker was trying to make the point that like. Uh, the your weekly groceries in Russia are super cheap, and it's like just totally missing the the point of what the what the actual differences are between the countries. He was like these, uh, and he went down. Uh, the um, I did not know this in, until I went there, but the subways in Moscow are gorgeous. They they there's no there's no advertising advertising is prohibited there's no graffiti and there's like beautiful works of art like it's like a little mini cathedral at every station it's just really really gorgeous huh. and tucker was like well it doesn't smell like piss here like in um, like like in new york um but that's because they are a totalitarian like you can you can enforce shit if you're uh if you're willing to you know just disappear people <laughs> if, if <right. laughs> Sorry. I wonder why people are so compliant in Russia <laughs> exactly that that was his I, I can't what's their motivation he, his he wanted to frame it like they were just so nationalistic and and loved their country in a way that darn Americans uh, don't but anyway I'll I'll send you that I'll put that link in the show notes too um, so before we run out of time we should probably talk about uh, Night country. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's do this to start with. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being ecstatic, 1 being unacceptable, totally bad, how would you rate the ending? You mean the last episode? The last episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, would, I had, like, like I expressed last week, uh, I was worried that they were going to fuck it up. Uh, and I was amazed how well they stuck the landing and more or less tied up all the loose threads. They didn't... They were Most. Almost, almost all. Um, there were a couple things that didn't make sense, so they don't get a 10. But because my expectations were so yeah. low, I'm going to give them a 9. Well, I vacillated between an eight and nine, um, and on the kind of scale of did it end things, you know, and that's where I would go with an eight. Uh, but what didn't end was it satisfying? Well, it never uh, fully explained the uh, the shape of the corpsicle. Uh, because we knew that while they ran off they huddled together. into the yes, but as the the veterinarian said, this isn't how you look when you die from freezing. Yeah, you get tired and sure, you fall sure. asleep. You don't look horrified. And the, my conclusion was that uh, whatever a uh, ice avalanche. Is that what they said? An ice ice avalanche? Yes, yeah, a slab the, slab official anchorage of, of a weather event. Yeah. I wonder if what that means is that the ice broke all at once, and that would and that that could be the the horror. Uh, but they want to die and freeze uh, immediately from that. And remember True. that, that a, uh, a hole. the other dude who had suffered the similar injuries right. years and years and years before said he was running away and there was a enormous loud sound a loud sound and he was running toward it and the next thing he knew he woke up in the hospital right and so there wasn't that sure, was there's some not, unexplained stuff there for sure here's the, here's the second thing and this was a flash and it, and and I really I really don't appreciate this. this is probably why I lean more toward an eight now that I'm talking. When they climbed down into yes. the frozen part of the laboratory. This is my complaint. There was a moment when they looked up. And when they looked up, there was a spiral. 
Ah, right. And the spiral appeared to have a body or two in it. And then they flashed away from it. It was just a moment. Totally inexplicable. Have no idea what it was. What is that all about? You know, uh, open-ended. And in general, I would say that the mystery of the... The spiral. Uh, of the spiral was not to my satisfaction. Oh, no, it was never explained. Uh, well, it was only explained by way of warning of an ice hole. Right. I can understand that. Right. That gives them a, an acceptable passing grade. But what they didn't explain is its history, which was, oh, older than the ice. Right. Now, here's the other thing that I was disappointed in, and... I might even, I, I will keep it at an 8 because I really did like the ending, but I, I felt good about it to it, like even a 9. But I sent you the picture of Inuit, the goddess of, yes. the, of, of the sea, and I didn't realize, I swear to God, I did not know this, that in the beginning, one of the children, I think it was Holden, was drawing a picture of that goddess. Holden, we never really saw Holden. It would have been Darwin. No, we saw Holden several times in flashbacks. Okay, I mean, we, we've at seen At least him. a half a dozen. Okay. At least, at least three or four times. Sure. I, I don't know who else it would have been who was drawing that picture, because Holden was the only child, unless it was a flashback of Petey. The only, no, the only other kid is Darwin, him. Petey's kid. Oh, it could have been him. Yeah. Because he, he, he was drawing, I, I remember him drawing once, but I don't recall what it was. But it, the, the fa- in one of these articles I read, the fact that they talked about the Sinuet was, was so surprising to me because I did that on a random thought. I wondered if, I wondered, I just wondered about the spiritual aspects Alaska Native, I did a little Google, did this, did that, I found that. I didn't realize it was in the show. And so here's here's the other thing that wasn't particularly explained, which I didn't mind it not being explained, but you know the last scene, you know, you saw uh, Navarro walking off yep. to the ocean, um, never uh, particularly explained as to, as to what, but we knew that she said uh, sometimes I just want all of this to be over, and I will walk. And there was this kind of uh, moment of, of suicidal uh, uh, thought. And uh, I, I don't know what, uh, at one point, uh, Danvers said something of, don't take the long walk. Well, we saw her take the long walk, even though she was fully clothed which makes it a little bit like, well, where did she go? You don't know that she walked in. You don't know. But you know that she's missing. Right. We know that from the interview with the, with the FBI uh, later. Um, uh, but then she appears on the porch yep. at, at what is apparently a view of Danvers' house that we've never seen, yeah. or it's a different location. Danvers' house is only shown as, like most of them are. The inside. A nondescript kind of shacky house, but I guess when you go out the back door, there's sliding glass doors and a deck, and you're looking at a beautiful lake and forest. Yeah, maybe. I guess. True. The, I, the, was she real, or was she a spirit? And now we know that Danvers knows that all that stuff she thought was gobbledygook is true. No. And the spiritual, yes. Navarro's um, alive. Uh, the no, she's not. Okay. No, she's not alive. Okay. Do you know what you know what she says? Do you know what the actress says? Uh, no. The actress says, "I have no idea." Yeah. The the it was never explained to me. It was never explained to me, and she said, "And I'm okay with not knowing." Right. And I'm not sure that it mattered. I mean, and the other question put to her: Did you know? how it would end and she said no I didn't know until they were filming it I wasn't sure at all I wouldn't know about the ending scene the the uh, I heard an interview with uh, Jodie Foster and she talked about how what a surprise the reading the, f- the, f- the final script was of the 
you know, I, I, I always hate whodunits where it turns out to be, you know, someone that we haven't talked, like we talked about this with Mayor of Easttown, uh, where it's some other person that we didn't, we hadn't been shown yet. And so I guess, sure, we had interviewed those ladies, but um, so my, the biggest plot hole that annoyed the hell out of me was they, you know, they got this map uh, from the Otis Heist guy, and he said, this is where the cave is, and they trekked out there, and they they got there, and they, the, the opening scene is them banging a hole and to break into the ice and slipping down into the cave. And then they walk two rooms over, and now they're under the laboratory? Come on. No. Wasn't two rooms. It was a long. It was not a long walk. I don't know how long, but it was a tunnel. Then it was another tunnel, and then they broke through the ice, fell down a, a, <clears throat> another one, and then walked some more. It was in quite close proximity. Apparently, it felt like less than a hundred yards that they traveled underground. Uh, yeah, I, which, I would go with that. Which would have been like wait a minute you mean that we're going to dig into the cave that where we can like see the laboratory over there and here we are digging down uh, into the cave yeah. like oh, I was like wait I don't think there was any intimation of that the, what they could have done was they could have fallen through the through the floor of the ice and done a uh, done a uh, ice slide that went on and on and on and on <laughs> right. and then dumped into the room right, exactly. you know like well, Indiana Jones yeah exactly right? You know, ah, uh, but, yeah, exactly. That, that that would have been well. That and that's a that's that's kind of a that's kind of a plot hole. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. And this I didn't one like didn't that. have any. Did you did you read the scuttlebutt of the uh, the season one, two, and three uh, writer and showrunner of what's his name, Paliazzo? Uh, I've got his name wrong. I don't know what his name is. Nick. Nick Pasliata, whatever, sure. that he, after the last episode, he uh, forwarded all these negative comments that people made, and he he forwarded them to his huge following. You right. know, I don't know how many he's got, but more than the some of the commenters. And uh, there's another. He was amplifying about, the negativity uh, about this. Yes. About this season. Yes. That's yes. kind of a dick and move. And the actress, the actress, uh, professional boxer, yeah. uh, turned actress. Uh, I think her name is Ines. Uh, Ines what? Um, she said she had a great quote. I don't. I won't do it justice, but it was like, you know, like haters are gonna hate. You know, and if you got nothing, if you got nothing good to say, then go ahead and shit on good people. Right. It, it was a, uh, it was some something something like that. Her name is Kaylee Reese. Um, Reese, yes. that's where I got it. Reese, Kaylee Reese. So I, 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 I'm gonna find out more about her boxing career. I didn't quite realize that. I knew she was a fighter, but I didn't know that she was quite a successful boxer. I wonder, because she's got the. Those weird uh, cheek piercings, and it, and I. She did that. She did that for another uh, another reason. Yeah. Uh, I think. And I mean that that's the way she is. She, and she said, "Oh shit, this is a role I got to take those out." Right. And the director said, "No, no, I like that. Yeah, keep them in. Keep them in." Yeah, I I wondered if that was going to turn in before I looked her up and saw that like that's the way she is uh i i wondered if that was you know going to be part of the Inuit culture or whatever but um the apparently in the at in sort of the, the the ending where they're showing what has happened after uh apparently danver's daughter finally does have uh tattooed uh lines on her face now they showed that in the series. Yeah, they they were sort of showing, you know, toward just just before the, the very final scene where you where you catch Navarro, they sort of 
showed that Danvers and her daughter had a pretty good relationship and were sort of laughing in the car or something. Huh. Um, I'd miss that. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm, I'd like, to, I'm going to, I want to binge the series and two nights, you know, when I can get my wife to sit down because she'll love it. She'll love it. All right, homework for next week. What are we, what, what are we, is something coming up on the, on the big screen when, when something like uh, True Detective ends, HBO would say, okay, here's the next thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not hip to. I haven't seen anything, but uh, I'll keep my ear to the ground, and uh, if I see something, I will throw it to you. All right. But well, I got a chop chop, man. This has been lovely. Chop, chop. I've emailed you the poem. Uh, oh, good. Good. I'll, I'll. I'll take a minute. You should tell her I wrote I'll it. it. <laughs> I'm going to tell him the story. I'll tell him the AI story. It's fascinating. Peace out, bro. Peace, man. Later. See ya. Okay, that's it for episode number 208. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 208, where you can find the links to those John Stewart clips. And I also generated some cool AI images for our Rev My Trout board game. So I will put those there too. They are worth checking out. You can support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. We would love your support. See you next week.